Hello, I'm Claire from Wild Ginger Running, the trail and ultra running YouTube channel. And this is the podcast version of my weekly live chat with an athlete, coach or other running expert. The link to the original film on YouTube is in the show notes. Check out my Instagram and YouTube channel for more training advice, inspiration and gear reviews. Everything is Wild Ginger Running and my blog is wildgingerrunning.co.uk. Support me on Patreon if you enjoy this free advice at patreon.com slash wildgingerrunning. Enjoy this podcast and see you next week for more. Hello everybody, good evening. It's Wednesday night at 6.30pm and I'm Claire Maxed from Wild Ginger Running and I am delighted tonight to be here with an unknown athlete. Um, this lad has no sponsors, he's self-funded and he has just cracked a 32-year-old FKT record by Mike Hartley on the Southern Upland Way, which is 214 miles coast to coast um, in the Southern Uplands of Scotland. He did that in October. It is none other Man, Jack Scott. Hello, Jack. How are you doing? I'm great, Claire. Thanks. Yeah, I'm cool. Cool. Well, I'm just going to give you a little sense of all the people watching. So we've got um, quite a few people tuning in live tonight. Um, so Flo Maskell, give a shout out to her. We've got John Airy. We've got Peter Krauthofer and Chloe Mason, just to name a few. If you want me to do a shout out during the course of the program, then just uh, type your uh, type your message in the chat. And if you've got any more questions for Jack, then he is here ready for all our questions tonight. But first of all, Jack, I want to say congratulations. Amazing record. Thank you. Um, and I've read at the bottom of the news article that you only started running three years ago. So you're 26 years yeah. old. You started when you were 23. Just give us a little insight into like, were you sporty before? How did you get into the whole yeah. running thing? Yeah. How did it work? Yeah. Um, I'd always played football from from when I was in school and when I was a, when I was a young lad, and then that sort of uh, sort of petered out a little bit. And I was I remember I was I was working away in uh, in Wales. And I was working with someone that I wasn't really. So at night time, you know, go out for a drink or something. And in my spare time, I just started running and it sort of spiraled out of control from there. Um, <laughs> I did. I managed to move through the distances relatively quick. Uh, not, you know, I was, I was, I would move fast over, say, like a, a half marathon, and then did my first marathon within uh, three months, and then within five months, I'd done like a forty-five, and then I thought. The mind just starts running, you know, the hundred mile point and then beyond. So yeah, it was all about the distance really, and the time. Just kind of cover the distance, let's say a hundred miles, and then I suppose it changes to how fast can you do hundred miles, and then obviously so on and so forth. But yeah, um, move, move relatively fast. I got injuries like as as you can expect, which I had to deal with because your body has to get used to the the difference between running around a football pitch or running across mountains or whatever but yeah sort of a quick transition into into running road running at the start and then within six months it was totally totally trail running uh-huh oh that's really interesting it's so you were obviously very fit before you started with your playing of your football um yeah that's a lot of short uh sharp intense work isn't it yeah, um, yeah. I, I think sometimes you're more prone to get injuries as a footballer than than anything else because of the short sharp movements and bashing into each other but but yeah so was the transition easy then for for the running like to go from that short sharp intense runs to then running kind of slower and longer yeah um i suppose it was it, it was difficult because if i'd like I mean, I was only playing like Sunday league. I was the captain of the team, so I had a responsibility to play in a certain way, I suppose you could say. Um, but I mean, if it, I remember at the start, I think I'd done like a 20-mile run on the Saturday. And on the Sunday, my legs were just totally, totally, you know, I felt like I'd been hit by a bloody hammer or something. So that was, <laughs> in the end, the football, the football had to be given up and I managed to focus on the, on the running. And then I suppose as you when I give that up, you sort of change the way you train because you do, you start focusing on core and your strength and flexibility exercises, which are all definitely important if you're looking to move up the distances, yeah. 
Oh, brilliant. Well, we'll get to your training in just a moment, but I just want to read you out some more comments here because you've got some, you've got some pretty big fans on the live here. <laughs> so uh, we've just got a few hellos from other people who regularly watch the social show. So Sharon <coughs> Houston is here. Um, Phil Haddock is here as well. Um, uh, uh, Guy is here as well. And Galen Davis is a, is a fan of yours. He said, Jack is a legend. He has a great future ahead of him. Um, and he loves following your pro progress on Instagram and Facebook. So keep up the yeah. good work, mate, he says. Yeah, I've been in touch with Glenn a bit. He's very enthusiastic. I appreciate his, uh, his time words. I don't think I'm a legend yet. But, <laughs> uh, we'll see. You're we'll a legend see. in Glenn's eyes, <laughs> definitely. And, um, and I just want to do a special shout out to your mum, Helen, who says hi from Jack's mum. <laughs> she is watching. Oh. <laughs> And also your sister, Jessica, she says, Hi, Jack is my big brother. He is amazing. Such an inspiration to our family. And she sent you a kiss there as well. It's <laughs> cool. I appreciate that. Ah, yeah. So you obviously have a lovely, caring family as well as all these, hitting all these records. So, um, so yeah, it sounds like you've got a great support team around you there. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your training because um, you mentioned uh, before we went live that you, um, that you just had a normal day at work, so you've obviously got a full-time job. Um, yeah, how how does training go? Like, have you got a coach? Um, how do you fit yeah. it all around your job? Yeah, um, I had a couple of good race results, like uh, maybe 18 months ago, and I did think about getting a coach, but I'm not too sure that would work for for me. I'm I'm sort of all over the country at different times of the different times of the week and I can be out of the house for 13, 14 hours so I don't know if I it's sort of if I get a spare hour I'm I'm off to train and then at the weekend obviously it's a bit more regimented but I don't know if a coach could sort of set me where I need to be because it some days I could finish work at one o'clock and then I'd use three or four hours to train go to the Peak District or sometimes I, I might not be back till seven so that sort of train is not really an option that, that day. Um, what is yeah, your, work, what's your job? I work in construction. Uh, the easiest way to describe what I do is just reinforcing concrete. So say, big bridges, they've got steel bars, like the first the first stage of the, of the, of the build, I suppose, that's sort of the sort of thing I do. Or every house has got uh, steel footings, so things like that. Ah, so are you like, um, you know, like Billy Bland, he was uh, a builder, well, still is, yeah. he still does building work. Are you hands-on or are you like managing the other people to do the stuff? No, hand, hands-on, yeah, ah, manual labour, yeah. Great, so that's obviously stood you in good st good stead, like um, like a traditional yeah. farmer, fell runner kind of I suppose um, so. I, I did think about that, actually. Someone asked me, someone asked me that uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I suppose you... you You've got to be strong. I mean, I could be carrying steel bars literally all day. So yeah, it's uh, I suppose it's good for the, the core. Mm. But then if you've had a tough training session on a Sunday, you go in and you can't bloody move right. So that, that can be <laughs> trouble as well. Yeah. Ways. <laughs> what do your so friends good. think of your running? Then do they know much about what you do um, on the weekends and your training and stuff? <laughs> yeah, two of the lads at work I've worked with for a long time. It started off you know talking and having 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 the crack and having the laugh and then it started when it started getting a bit more serious the, yeah i've had a I've had some very interesting conversations they're telling me that you've got no chance and you can't do this and you can't do that but then you obviously get you they're, they're always the first to congratulate me when it goes well so uh, yeah oh, good. They, they might not understand it totally but they are they are enthusiastic yeah definitely. yeah oh that is good yeah because some people don't understand running at all do they like especially no. if you're not in an industry that's related at all to doing any sports or anything um and so um so yeah um let, let's just talk about these records then because you've got three fkts now which is incredible so you've got like um uh you've got Offers Dyke, you've got Glindower's Way and then you've got the Southern Upland Way as well. Um, they're yeah. all over 100 miles, like you've got, um, well, yeah, over 200 miles, the Southern Upland Way. Um, which one did you do first and, and what, yeah. like, why did you decide to do it? Because after three years of running, yeah. not everybody decides to run 100 miles. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I did, I've done 100 down in the Brecon Beacons, um, so I would have been a year into my into my long stuff, 
Um, I was all to get UTMB points and I'd done it. And I was open for like a 25 hour time and I think I did a 29, it was through the winter along the Beacon's Way, it was really tough. And that was the, the first 100 I did. And I just sort of, I just got like hooked on progressing through the distance, I suppose. Um, I didn't get a UTMB place that year and that was a real, It was I was gutted, but it was a real blessing in the end because it opened up the door for the off a diet race, which is obviously runs from uh, South Wales to North Wales, uh, popping in and out of the border. And I went into that. I'd done 50 mile training runs on the on the route, and uh, I went into the race hoping for 60 hours, and I managed to take five hours off the record time, and I come in at 49 hours ish. So it was, and that just that just again opened the door, and I. I after the race, I sort of went through my training and what I can tweak and, you know, kind of make another step and then just hopefully just keep climbing up like that and see see where, see where I end up. So it sounds like you weren't particularly going for those records on those two events, the, the Glendale Way, the 137 miles, and the Office Dyke, the 185 yeah, the Glen, miles. The, you just sort of way, happened to get them. No, no, the Glendale Way was a, was a, was a tailored record attempt. It wasn't uh-huh. a race I'd, I'd, but the office diet race I I didn't quite understand how I deal with sleep because I'd never had to or the lack of sleep I'd never had to deal with it yeah and in the end I had 20 minutes sleep in 49 hours and it was just mad and then I realized right so I'm sort of physically able to do these to do these distances but can I turn and can I adapt the mental side of it all and that I suppose that's what I've been able to do and that just sets sets me up to, to go for him I suppose. Cool and so let's talk a little bit about your training for the Southern Upland Way because um, Guy yeah. says I've just seen Jack's FKT on Strava it's epic it's so long it won't load up because <laughs> oh, yeah. um, just for anyone who doesn't know the Southern Upland Way it's 214 miles and it's coast to coast um, in the south of Scotland um, yeah yeah, and, and Mike Hartley held the record um, since 1988, so 32 years ago, um, 55 hours, 55 minutes, and you come along and smash it by a nail-biting 13 minutes, um, 55.42, um, just this uh, Friday, um, the 9th of October this year. So, yeah, um, just tell us a bit about your training for that, and you wanted to talk about the time management and all the logistics and things. Fill us in. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, I'd finished the the Glendale Way, and and my the the thing that opened it up, the Southern Way up to me, was how fast I recovered. Uh, within a, within three or four days, four five days, I was I was running again, and I was doing sort of I do a a set course regime, and I was planking, and my planking times hadn't changed from the week before, and I was just like, well, what's going on here? And, my reps and stuff, everything was the same. My body was my body was good, so obviously the mind starts ticking again. And I thought, is there? Can I get one more attempt in this year? Can I go for 200 miles? And then started googling and searching things. The sun, the Southern Upland Way popped up, and saw Mike Hartley's name on, and I thought, well, that's the sort of the, the jump I'm after. Because I mean, I, I I'm not just against a trail; I'm against a a, a high profile time and Mike was a fantastic runner and it sort of the time scale of it all resembles so that was his first 200 mile run he'd been running a bit longer than me but it was his first step into obviously he went on to the Penang way and stuff so I thought, I thought oh that's pretty cool it sort of resembles my my progress and then it just materialized I spoke to the right people in Scotland and uh, managed to go for it but yeah the, the time management thing is definitely something that I think is relevant for people because I'd realised five weeks before, so the Glendale way and then I had another eight weeks of training and then five weeks before I did a, I think it was, a, I worked all week, I drove up to Scotland on Friday afternoon and I did a 63 mile self-supported night run, which was tough. Um, <coughs> but I realised then I was in the best shape I've ever been in and I thought anything I do now running wise is probably going to jeopardise where I'm at. So I had to be patient for those five weeks and it was really, really difficult. Um, I did a little bit of speed work, but the, the mileage really dropped. And just like the, when you go into these massive runs or you, you create a training plan, you've got your taper, which for me, this was five weeks, which is massive. You've then got the actual dealing with the time whilst you're, you're in the event in you know the 55 hours. 
and then we're now five weeks after so I'm now starting to train again it's just if, you, if you're patient with yourself and be realistic with yourself if I realised I was in the best shape for five weeks ago I could have got to three weeks to go and, and got injured or jeopardised something so I'm just I'm glad that I was mature enough and realistic enough to realise where I'm at and then everything from there was just relax and just wait for the wait for the time I suppose yeah so it sounds like at 26 you've got a quite a wise head on those shoulders and it sounds like you've you've read up and you know a lot about um kind of uh training for sports like you've yeah pretty much yeah taught yourself yeah i've said before so if i'm if i'm on a friday night and i'm doing like a 5k around the track i'm i'm so interested in the way the body moves and the way you have to get your footfall on a on a 5k and you, the way your body your heart rate is stuff like that and then on Saturday morning I could be on crib golf bloody scrambling like you know what I mean That I, I love all the aspects of the sport everything from technique to well there's a video on my Instagram of my, te- my technique at 212 miles in and I can tell you it, was, it wasn't good but I love I love the whole as- the whole aspect of the sport and the finer details so if I'm trying to nail a, a fast 10k and I'm getting my posture right and flexibility and breathing that will that also sets me up if I'm doing a 200 mile run I suppose oh, fantastic. I, love, I, love, I love the I love the whole uh, I've, I've literally sat here and watched videos of Kipoji run and that is just way off what I do you know not just the time but I'm on about you know 200 mile runner and he's doing the marathon but I just fascinated him the, the way the human body moves I suppose yeah Definitely. so kind of bringing both of those aspects together not just yeah, oh I'm going to have fun in the mountains but like the performance in the mountains yeah, yeah I'd say so and that, you can always tell if I'm working and I'm, I'm moving well doing a 5k 10k and then I go up the, the roaches which is where I train and it's really technical terrain and it's skippy and you have to be on your toes that sort of training on the track or around the roads the local roads will be useful if I'm on the on the ridge or on the mountains so, yeah, it's, uh, if you if you look at your training, take a step back and have a look. It's definitely uh, there's, there's more to it than than just just covering miles. I've only ever done one hundred mile training week. Yeah. That's oh, it. what what do you average out at then, mile mileage wise, when you're training um, for the big things? Yeah, uh, I'm not too sure really. I mean, sixty five, mm. something like that. But I train specific, so. I'll train in the week here and then Saturday morning I'll be snowed and doing four reps and then Sunday I'll be doing, uh, I'll probably be doing some speed work so it's a sort of nothing miles in between that where, where people I think pick up injuries and it's unnecessary mile, miles that can jeopardise your performance but if you train specific and plan weeks weeks ahead you can, you can definitely make the most out of uh, limited mileage. Because I, I, realistically, I can't. I can't be doing hundred miles. It's yeah. I haven't got the, I haven't got the time. So yeah, yeah. Your body, true. your body tells you as well. Sometimes you don't want to do that. Your body tells you you don't want to be jeopardising. You know, your home, your, your work, and that. So it's about finding the balance. But I think I'm really happy and satisfied that I've, I've managed to do that over the last couple of years. So that's that's brilliant. Yeah, it's really cool. And if anybody wants to follow you on Strava to have a look at your training and sort of maybe see if they can do a little bit like copy you, like see if they yeah, can bring that into their lives. Um, have you are you just Jack Scott on Strava? Yeah, What's just your Jack name? Scott. Yeah, I've said on on Instagram or Facebook. If anyone just wants to drop me a message, ask me a question that they might not ask you or whatever, definitely because uh, I, I did that. I was emailing Damien Hall two years oh. ago pestering him uh, he, he actually gave me my part with my part trying to get in touch with my part he's like trying to crack enigma it's, <laughs> he's not on social media he's no. not anywhere <laughs> i uh, met him at sabrina verdi's uh, pennine way fkt yeah. and i got his email address so if oh, anybody yeah. does want to get in touch i got his email <laughs> i bet you I, have I as got, well now yeah i got in touch with damien and uh, he he said you're not going for the pen aren't you? I said no no I'm a few <laughs> I'm a few years off that mate but uh, so oh, you, you never know <laughs> yeah yeah it looks good for me and then we got in touch and Damien and I also supported John Kelly on his grand round uh, the first two legs of the paddy so that was great to see how a elite pro athlete deals with deals with the things I mean obviously it was early on but uh, just transitioning out of checkpoints and the way he built a 
a schedule as well. I was on Damien Hull's schedule for the Penn way, but it was too soon after one of my long runs, so I couldn't. I was with him for the last 10k, but I was not uh, further up. So that was interacting with people. And, you know, they've always answered questions for me. So if I can help anyone, I'm more than uh, more than willing to do that. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, every anyone getting in touch. I think your um, your Instagram is um, is it uh, Trail Jack or Jack Trail? Yeah, yeah, Trail slightly Jack. different. Yeah. Trail Jack. Okay, cool. And we have got quite a few questions um, just popping up here on the live. Um, so uh, we've talked a little bit about your training. Um, let's talk a little bit now. This question from Peter Krauhofer, who says, um, "What about eating and drinking during long runs? What do you What do you take?" Yeah, uh, I've definitely learned the hard way. Going back to that Glendale way. I mean, I, I thought I'd gone through everything with a fine tooth comb, and then. I left at midday and I had a little pack on and I wasn't seeing my road support for, I don't know, four hours. I was just going to settle into the run longer than that, five, six hours. And I, I just realised that I hadn't packed enough food in my, in my thing and I was like, oh, I'd stashed some water which got moved. Oh, it was an absolute nightmare. So, yeah, I overlooked that and it was the first 10 hours it was daft. But anyway, <laughs> uh, real food works for me. Uh-huh. Uh, so if I'm, if Southern Up and Way, Every time I came into my road support, which was averaging every 20 miles, I suppose, at the start, uh, pasta, mackerel, which I eat every day, rice, mackerel, um, fruit. I, don't, I, I tend to stay away from the gels. I think they have more of a negative effect, especially on a, a run that long. Your heart rate's not getting that high. You're not really burning calories as fast as you think, especially in the first 36 hours. So re- real food works for me and things you can eat on the move. A high calorie sandwich and it's nice to have quite sweet and spicy things as well I found for me or like what Bombay mix or like a bit of curry <laughs> well, that's, a bit, that's a bit too dry <laughs> God. Uh, no just just like a sandwich with a nice spicy sauce on or a wrap with a with a nice spicy sauce just things like that just things that attack the senses and sort of uh, wake, wake you up a bit I suppose yeah, yeah, a bit of piquancy, yeah, a little bit of an edge yeah. to stuff, yeah. Okay, and um, do you have any, like, uh, powders that you put in your drink so that you can take on yeah. more carbs and electrolytes in your drinks, or is it just water? No, no, I do have a, I do take electrolytes, a, str- a strong electrolyte. I worked with precision hydration before, I had a sweat test and uh, worked out what works for me. And I was, if I was coming into a checkpoint, I'd always take a 750ml bottle with uh, electrolytes in. I also think, Later on in the run, when in the Southern Upland Way, when I was getting tired, I also, I don't know if there's something in it, I'll have to, I need to read up on it, I'm meaning to. It sort of helps with my concentration as well. I don't know if it's a salt, but my decision making was good after I'd had these, and then, you know, it, three or four hours later, it might be, I might not really know where I am, but I just felt maybe something in the, in the, in the mix that I was having helped with decision making, so I'm, I'm happy. And it's, it's easy to drink as well, so definitely. It's important electrolytes concentration yeah, yeah definitely yeah because unless you're getting it all in your food and just having water then it, it can be difficult to replace those can it and that helps you to recover quicker afterwards I, as well obviously, I, also, I do think you get you get to a point where your body sort of sort of levels off and it's just it's more of a you've got a certain amount in you and you've just got to keep it a little bit it's just finding that level if you can find that early on that, that's that's really good yeah tops up it also sounds like you're quite sort of chilled about stuff like you're obviously going for this performance and going for the edge but it's more like you find it really interesting rather than like taking it to some kind of really high pressured stressful level um do you do you know yeah. what i mean yeah i suppose what do you mean with the hydration and the, the yeah well the just with everything really with training oh, right. and the food yeah. it sounds like you don't sweat the small stuff and you just like you know you have a bit of a night where you you just dash your water bottle you can't find it but you just get on with it and you just keep going oh yeah i was cursing at the time i don't know how it was the can of coke as well i think when i dropped it off someone must have seen me do it and they must have thought i was littering but oh yeah a, mm. I, I am quite chilled out about especially when I was heading into this one in Scotland because I knew I'd set myself up perfectly well and I, I, I was confident, I mean it was close like it was 13 minutes but I was confident especially getting towards the 188 mile mark, 180 mile mark which was the last major major checkpoint I suppose you could say um, I knew if I can get there and there'd be a chance you know, if the time was on a bit on my side or if it was a bit close I thought my conditioning 
uh, how focused I was and how much I wanted it, I thought I could still I, I could still do it. Like so, I was I was I was confident going into it. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, um, and trust, trust the training. Yeah, and I've just been reminded. Uh, your mum has put noodles. Um, do you eat a lot of noodles yeah. on the trail, <laughs> or is I, that outside uh, of the trail? No, that's another thing. Like a spice, spicy noodles that they're definitely cool. To, you can sort of have them on the move as well if you're in sort of a pot noodle pot. But my day-to-day diet's always the same. At work, every single day, I have the same the same food. I have the mackerel and rice, or mackerel and um, noodles, or something like that. And then I normally have that for, for breakfast at about ten, and then I'll have the, the reverse. I'll have porridge in the in the evening. Right. And I've really tried to look really try to limit my alcohol intake and just they're the sort of tweaks if you're going to make a step which I want to now you've, you've got to do simple as that you can't you can't uh, get get to the lofty heights of, you know if you're pumping yourself full of alcohol and craft food it's not it doesn't add up yeah definitely not not like Mark Hartel who swore by smoking for a while <laughs> he's, a, he's another incredible athlete from the 90s um, kind yeah. of like just a, sort of around the same time as Mike uh, Mark Hartel yeah. he, used, he used to actually smoke <laughs> he set like a record for the most peaks in 24 hours at one point yeah. so yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. it's changed now I think it's, yeah. the game's changed a bit now definitely it's not so amateur now is it you really need to be thinking about all your food and your nutrition and, and having a, a clean eating like I said finding the balance between overthinking and jeopardising how many calories you're having and all that that just all comes down from experience and I've had, I've had bad experiences but I'm quite confident my, my food and my, my drink da- daily on a daily basis and when I'm doing these things is is relatively spot on yeah, and do you eat a lot of vegetables as well? Because um, you mentioned the mackerel and the rice and the porridge, but yeah. are you like a big like vegetable lover as well? Uh, I suppose. I mean, with my mackerel and rice, say I'll have a, a wrap, like a Mediterranean wrap, I'll have spinach and that with spicy sauce. So I'm having a rice mackerel wrap, like double carbs or whatever. But that that's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, me and my partner eat relatively well. We're, we're conscious about eating meat. We do eat meat, but. We, we found some delicious veg, uh, vegetarian recipes which we we've been having a lot more especially in lockdown we get if we're getting food delivered like so that, that that's worked well i just couldn't become a vegetarian because i couldn't give up uh the mackerel literally yeah. <laughs> I, yes. I don't know how many tins i have a year but <laughs> i should be i should be john west's loyalty customer but yeah. I'm not. <laughs> yeah do you like all the different flavors of one because my husband really likes mackerel as well and he gets like yeah. the curry flavored one the little thai flavored yeah. one the tomato flavored yeah, one i could always tell when he's had a can because he's like oh hello and i'm like oh god he's smell a fish it's a can like it's a can of beer no it's a can of mackerel mate well, that's good uh yeah the, the hot chili one like i like spicy food but my god that's that's sent me sent me yeah it's not that one's a bit too much for me just the standard spicy tomato one's good good for me yeah a little bit Great. Awesome. So if anybody wants to send you a little present, then um, mackerel. Jack's your man for mackerel. A little little, uh, tin of mackerel wrapped up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It is super healthy for you. It's full of um, uh, all Mm. the good fats, isn't it? And loads of protein. It's one of the best. And it's really sustainable as a fish as well, mackerel. It's a really good one to have. Um, I agree. Yeah. And we have got a lot of questions about your gear. Um, yeah. coming up so uh, we've got <coughs> two questions about gear one's about footwear and one's about lots of different brands okay we'll ask, we'll ask uh, Glenn Davies questions first Glenn Davies says Jack what is your footwear of choice for these distances yeah um, I've got I took when I went up to Scotland I had four pairs of Hocker One Ones different Different makes, different uh, versions of the shoe. Sorry, um, Speed Goats had two of them. One was a Gore-Tex, but I'll come to that in a minute. Uh, one was the Torrent, uh, the Hocker Torrent Two, which personally, from what I've tried, is the best all-round shoe. If if I'm leaving the woods like I was earlier on and hitting the road, I manage like a sprint finish. It works so well in in both. Uh, both range, which is great. And I also wear them if I'm up at the grass track. The, the torrents are, are, are superb and then you've got the more expensive one I think it's the Master 2 they brought out a Master 3 now but the Master 2 works really well one thing I will say on the Gore-Tex shoes I've had emails 
because I, I did the I attempted the Spartan race uh, last January and I managed to well I managed to drop out it was my own decision um, but people say you know can you get waterproof shoes and this and that and the Southern Open Way is really really foggy and really wet you can't get waterproof shoes when you're on that terrain like, it's impossible to do goes so in I, over the top doesn't it <laughs> you're out there for that long it's just you can't you can't get a shoe that's going to last uh, even if you're changing every 50 kilometres the Gore-Tex for me doesn't work and it holds water more I think if, you, if you're on like a fast fell race maybe a 20 mile fell race 25 mile fell race that's fine if you've got a Gore-Tex and it's really bad weather but for me just just give up on it get a good sock because you can't you won't get a waterproof shoe for that long no chance yeah yeah, I always say to people, if they want any level of waterproofing, they should go for a waterproof sock with the normal breathable shoe. Um, but yeah, even that, um, sometimes you just get wet feet and dry again. <laughs> the Pennines or in Snowdonia, if it's wet, you, you, you can't keep your feet dry. You, a good quality sock, you're better having many pairs of changing your socks than jeopardising your, your footwear, I think. You can't get a waterproof shoe. Boy, yeah. Anyone knows anyone who's got them? Let me know. They're dead good, and I'll see if I can try them. <laughs> the only time that I use waterproof shoes is um, doing filming work because you know yeah. if you're like standing around in long grass, that's when they come in really useful. But I never use them to actually run in. <laughs> Moving in it as well that much, and you, you're on the bogs or you're on the say the flagstones of the Pennine Way, and then you'll drop off. You can't keep your feet dry. It's just not. It's not possible. Yeah, it just you just end up getting trench foot. Um, so uh, we've got uh, Carl Southgate um, give, gives you a big thumbs up for the Hoka. He's obviously a fan as well. Um, so uh, Glenn Davies, um, who originally asked the question, said he's got the Speed Goat Fours, um, and he's going to check oh, yeah. out those others as well. Um, and then Guy says, um, what kit do you use? Do you tend to go for one brand or lots of different brands? Okay, uh, a lot of the, the outdoor stuff to say, if I've got coats, jackets, stuff like that, uh, winter tights, Innovate, uh, I think they're, they're fantastic. I've got the Innovate soft shell, which is actually on offer quite um, quite a few places at the minute. And that is that is superb. I wore that, um, I wore that for a bit on this run. So that, that's brilliant. A, a good lightweight waterproof is important. I've got a, a Hagloss one. It's, it's a Gore-Tex, quite expensive. And then if uh, if it gets really bad, I've got a Burgau Spellmaster, which is a heavy, but uh, that will you know that will protect you. Definitely shop around for for outdoor stuff, especially if you're going for something in the winter. But just trust your equipment. Montaigne's good as well. Uh, but obviously you've got to try it out. You've got to put yourself in uncomfortable situation, and you you find out then if your gear's good or bad. And I've been through that. I worked my way up buying head torches. I tried to get the the, the fifty pound one, the hundred pound. The, I've got the Petzl uh, Neo Plus. I, I, did, I didn't want to buy it really because it's the most expensive, but it is fantastic. It is fantastic. It's, it's never let me down. And you really do you do pay pay the money, but you do get a good product. So yeah. that's what I found. Uh, do you like like the reactive lighting side of it, or do you just stick it on manual? I stick it on manual. I do. Uh, the reactive light's good if you if you map reading because uh, it adjusts as you, as you as say where my hand is where the map is but that is a good feature uh, and if you if you look at someone else obviously it drops down it is a good feature it's not over techy I don't think that, that head torch isn't I think for, for what it is it's, it's relatively straightforward and you can get the uh, the bluetooth app I think it's a really really good head torch reliable yeah. the batteries are expensive right but they are you know when you're in the middle of a when you're in the middle of the Pennines and it's about to die, you, you want the battery. You don't care how much it costs. You want to yeah. be safe. Don't you? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And you want that 750 lumens, um, yeah, yeah. so you can see your way and and everything. Um, yeah. And so um, you're you've obviously done um, a a lot of FKTs. Um, I just wanted to ask you a little bit about the support that you get from from the people around you and the logistics of who's going to be doing what where 
because um, when I was chatting to Mike um, on Sabrina's attempt, he was saying to me that they used to have a person on a landline um, who was like the coordinator of everyone. And then every time Pacers came in, they would ring the person on the landline and they would update them on the person's progress. So obviously these days we have trackers, phones, everything. Um, how does it work for you with the logistics side of things? Does it take you a long time to sort it all out and who comes to support you? That's pretty crazy that about Mike. I mean, I spoke to yeah. Mike, I was asking a few questions about the Southern Upland Way and he did it, uh, I mean, it wasn't as well signposted back then. He did do it in July, so he had, he had more light than me, but he just went up with two, two of his mates I think one would drive, one would run, another one would drive, and then they just keep swapping. So his support runners had done 120 miles each or something stupid like that. Wow. He said at the end, he said at the end, he was like, oh, all three of them were like just like zombies at the end, <laughs> in the little yeah. <laughs> Driving home, he, like. <laughs> yeah, he learned his lessons from that. Um, for me, so after the Glendale Way, I recovered and the mind starts running. I spoke to a friend who I met at the Off the Diet race, the only Scottish uh, runner I knew. I asked him about the route and he put me in touch with uh, another chap who then put me in touch with Wayne Drinkwater who runs GB Ultras because he, uh, he runs a route along the, he, he runs a race along the route, uh, I think it's called Race Across Great Britain, Okay. Uh, along, the, along the whole route. <coughs> and obviously he's not, he's not had much uh, much to do I suppose you could say because all of his events just shut down so I mentioned it to him he's a very enthusiastic chap we <laughs> we were speaking on we had a phone call straight away and we were speaking online and we met for a coffee and he showed me his maps his original maps and we got talking uh, he supplied my, my tracker uh, GB tra uh, GB race tracker so that was very kind of him and I suppose he was the sort of once I met him that was it I knew I was going I knew I was going for it that was the final the final thing so then I spoke to a local chap uh, in the town where I live Glenn Glenn Davis not the one you're speaking to oh <coughs> another one I normally train with his son Hugh me and Hugh have done uh, loads of runs together locally and he's a similar age to me and Glenn Glenn's a bit of a an old legend he's 60 65 I think uh, he's done he, he just knows the sport and he's so passionate about the sport and he, uh, he got back to me and said he'd do uh, 36 hours of road support. And then a, another friend that I met at the Brecon Beacons race I mentioned earlier, he won the race, Tim Wiggins. He did the first 24 hours. So the road support was sorted. And then I got through Wayne. I got in touch with some more Scottish runners and everyone was so enthusiastic and uh, managed to, to build a team. We had to be careful with COVID. You know, we didn't want to break any, any guidelines or any rules. I would have liked to have had a few more runners up there with me at certain certain stages. One one runner, Alistair, he did 55 miles, which was a bit through the night as well, which is wow. a bit silly. Like, but all in all, I had a pace of uh, at least one pace for the whole every single section, and they were absolutely exceptional. And uh, one thing I will say, and I've said it before, that someone can take the time off me. Like, and I know people now. I brought it, brought this route back into the public eye I suppose you could say people want to do it and fair play to let them go for it, but they can't take like some of the memories I've got from the people I met absolutely fantastic and they're more important than any, any time to me at the end of the day absolutely what the one of my last I was going through a rough spell on Saturday night and uh, Neil Rutherford he was helping me out and he would climb up this hill I just had a little sleep and he's like what music do you like I say Kenny Rogers you know some old school and he starts singing Kenny Rogers and I'm just like <laughs> things Aww, like that that's so awesome it didn't come back to me for about four days just the <laughs> memories are brilliant and the people you meet they're more important than the uh, the outcome of the, the run I think yeah personally. do you write it down like do you do have you got a blog <coughs> where you write down everything like a bit of a diary so people can kind of share with you those memories and you can remember them forever? Um, no, I mean, we had a WhatsApp group, which was which, which we've still got. We don't speak in it now. So they're, they're sort of vital as well because they're an easier way to communicate. Everyone gets the message along the line. So I, uh, I text, I think I text once saying I want a certain pair of socks, a certain pair of shoes, and that saves, a, that was like an hour ahead and that saves a runner physically running ahead. So that was like for a smooth transition. Because so obviously the, the emphasis is on moving as fast as you can but um, I, I'll, I'll speak to the people who helped me out in Scotland I've 
I'll speak to them for many years to come because they're fantastic people and uh, they're all one of them we were running over the hill and he could tell I was struggling a bit it was the first night and the weather was real and he was telling me all these ghost stories about the running past these old mountain bobbies and his boffies and he's telling me these ghost stories and he's a right character Norman <laughs> he's, a, he's a Scottish butcher he's 62 he's fit as a fiddle wow now, I'd rather tell the story about them than the story of the actual the time because that, that's more important to me Definitely. yeah no that's great i just think it would be so awesome <coughs> if you wrote a bit of a report about it you know like to get get all these stories down and put yeah, some photos in and I've, you could do it I've for their put, website if you've not got one the southern upland way race website yeah that's a good point i could get in touch with them actually they have sent me uh they have sent me a few messages yeah i'd like i'd like that yeah yeah it'd just be really awesome because like we can chat for a little bit now but if people want a bit more of an in-depth um report then it's just really nice yeah. for for all your fans to to read a bit more yeah. about it it's a uh, like i said i mean i don't know if anyone had really taken a serious attempt at it um because in the race you're not you're not tailored to break the record i don't think anyone on the record would forget anywhere near the race yeah no, the, the finish funnel the wouldn't be set up in time <laughs> yeah well it's just it's not the race isn't tailored so um, I forgot what I was going to say now. <laughs> but anyway, the route, the route, it needs more attention. The Southern Upland Way is absolutely—it should be as popular as the Pennine Way, in my opinion. It's coast to coast. It's absolutely fantastic. So yeah, definitely yeah. take take a look at it and go for a go for a walk, especially on the west side in the in the forest. Absolutely fantastic. Beautiful. Yeah, it does sound. What's it like underfoot as a trail? Is oh, it like the West Island have... Way, like a runway, or is it more? No, no, it's, it's it's really not well trodden at all. And one of the one of the problems we identified with, with Wayman, I was having a coffee at the start of the, the process, um, was if I didn't look after my feet. I think there's there's nearly a hundred miles of forest track, literally straight through the forest and forest trail, um, which I, which I knew I could move well on. Was that kind of gravelly trail, like fire tracks, or more like muddy tracks? A bit of both. Mm. A bit of both. But I knew if I looked after my feet, I knew I had the legs to, to get close to the record. And it was all about, you know, on the tough climbs over the, the tough moorland, <coughs> just setting myself up for when I hit the road or when I hit the, the the trail that was really runnable. That's when I can move. And luckily, we managed to we managed to do that. But it's uh, it's signposted relatively well in the east but in the west it's it's pretty difficult um it's beautiful it runs by the locks and through the forests and it's fantastic oh, really that sounds really great and which way which where do you start from um which side yeah. east or west west, west west i started same as mark uh started near strand raw that's the closest closest main that's the closest train station uh transport links in the west again uh are really difficult and that was a problem for my road support i mean they were doing two or three hour drives and then coming back to me and it was really it's not like the Pennine where you can follow it sort of down linear it's it's all over the place that that was difficult but they, they were superb and uh and they set me up they set me up to succeed so they they should take a lot of credit definitely yeah yeah having um, supported sabrina <coughs> for three days on hers i definitely know how uh, exciting it is as road support like trying to get I'm, there I'm, before the runner and then ah set up everything I'm, hopefully I want to be on the other side of the coin as well shortly for, for close friends or whoever I'd love to be be road support for like driving around like for, for someone I'd love to see it from the, from the other side definitely yeah yeah that would be really helpful because then you, you get both sides and you know exactly mm. what to tell people so they understand it properly for what the runner needs and you'd yeah. be great because you'd know exactly what a runner would need as well mm -hmm. yeah. um, and uh, so <clears throat> I've got a question from Glenn Davies here um, uh, he wants to do a leg with you but it'd have to be in the at the end when you're tired <laughs> oh god yeah <laughs> And he wants to know. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Say what? What were you going to say? I'm not too sure what's next yet, so we don't know what. Oh. Well, that's. I've got some more questions. Loads of people want to know what you'd be doing next, so that was going to be my next question there. But Glenn says, "What is the weirdest hallucination that you have experienced? How do you keep going through those darker times?" Answer that straight away. Off a dark race, I've just gone over the viaduct at Chirk, the famous viaduct. I actually got to a checkpoint before it opened because I was that far ahead of the the, the schedule. <laughs> so I had to take some bananas out of this guy's car 
or, or something and I needed the toilet but anyway that didn't happen so I'm <laughs> running over this viaduct and it's you've got the canal there and you've got a metre of footpath I'm literally holding onto the railing because I don't know if I'm going I don't know if I'm going to fall in like I don't, I'm not stable enough really to to be running alongside I just wanted to make sure I was safe I got to the other end of that I hadn't I hadn't had any sleep at this point I think it was 38 hours in or something like that my, my phone was pinging my partner was begging me to just try try to sleep but I was sort of in the race bubble I got into this forest and I just started seeing Simon Cowell I don't know what what was going on <laughs> but Simon Cowell was with Simon Carl was with me for a, a good few hours heading into Langollen before I had to sleep and then he, he disappeared to LA or whatever but yeah Lang, uh, Simon Carl was there very weird was he running with you? no he was telling me that he just brought the Coca-Cola company and he was going to get me some cans of Coca-Cola oh, oh, bad. oh you've got the standard stuff where you look, at, <laughs> you look at rocks and they look like bloody bunny rabbits but for some reason Simon Carl was there that time very yeah. strange <laughs> helping you through yeah so are you are you a big fan of Simon Cowell yeah. like he hasn't, he hasn't shown up again he didn't show up in Scotland so <laughs> oh, that, that was that's my strangest hallucination I'm not scared of them like I know I know I know I know what's coming and I know what, how to deal with them but yeah pretty pretty weird that was Simon Cowell <laughs> uh, Glad Davies <laughs> has written ha 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 <laughs> Um, so this is all fantastic it's been so interesting finding out more about you and how you train and all the all the things that go into doing such big FKT challenges like this and, and setting these records um, and loads of people are, are interested in what you're going to do next so Peter Krauhofer wants to know if you're going to try the Pennine <coughs> way um, yeah. and oh uh, I'm sure Arlene had a question as well um, Oh yes, uh, I'll I'll ask that one last. Uh, remind me to ask Arlene's question last. Um, it's and then what races are you gonna do next year? That's from Philip Haddock. Um, yeah. Regarding, so yeah, what's next? Regarding the pen I'm weighing, like what what Damien just done. I'm I'm I still think I'm way off that. I'd love to one day uh, if I can carry on like I am, say injury free and and keep moving forward definitely but at the minute I, I feel like I'm way off, way off that um, it's, what he did was just absolutely sublime and the I did try the spine race like I said last January but we, we, we spoke about how good everything is and my one bad weekend or bad performance was probably the biggest race and something I really really wanted to succeed but the spine race in the, for that year didn't work for me and I, I dropped out of my own accord so it's not all plain sailing <laughs> like it's not all you don't just keep going and going and it all works out you've got to you know I pumped a load of money into the spine race and I think we said you know something like it really it is expensive race like I think we jeopardised like going on holiday with my partner and then for me to just to drop out like I did it was I was gutted but you know I've used it as a positive I'm still progressing so that's that that's good so I'll definitely be doing the spine race again in the next few years and I really think if I turn up and I perform like I can I can do good in that. So yeah, be, you can do some damage on that one. So are you going to go for it oh, in 2021 if it's on? Um, I'm in the process of doing the Challenger because I feel like it's just a bit too soon after the Southern Up and Way. Two, 200 plus yeah. runs in the space of three months. I don't need to rush it. Like I said, I'm 26. I just need to be patient and I just want to keep enjoying it. I don't want to sign up for something where it then starts affecting the way I live like normal. I just want to enjoy it and go into it exactly the same as I have with the Southern Open Way. Just enjoy it and trust the trust the performance. So that that's cool. I'm, I'm uh, hopefully I get a challenger space and uh, we'll see. And then in April uh, I got the Northern Traverse, which is a race that I wouldn't have been doing without COVID because it, I would have missed the year. Um, 190 miles isn't it coast to coast? I really think I can I can do well in that. I've seen the record time, and again yeah. if I can stay stay concentrated I really think I can do well so that, that Eon Keith racing as well next year so oh lovely oh he loves the long ones inside <laughs> him and if I can be anywhere near his sort of performance that, that would definitely be fantastic for me uh, and then I've got UTMB in August again a, a race probably won't suit me because it's not you're not sort of dealing with the sleep I suppose if you know what I mean uh, you're not going over 30 hours but I'll definitely tweak my training before that and more speed work 
and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that that sort of challenge. And there, there might be a an FKT or a race in between the two next year, all being well with the restrictions and stuff like that. So yeah, I heard on the grapevine that you might be thinking of a, a double Bob Graham at some point. Uh, yeah, oh, I don't know. A double <laughs> Paddy. Oh, a double paddy. Oh, okay. Oh, it says in the news article a double Bob Graham, I think. Oh, maybe I've got it wrong. Uh, oh, oh, it just says one of the double rounds. So, yeah, sorry, I just assumed Bob Graham there. Uh, oh, my bad. North Wales is is the area where I drive to and I train. and uh, I know the route really well. I was going to be doing a winter paddy with my friend Hugh uh, in a in six weeks but that's now been knocked back because he, he can't come back and I don't want to do it as a as an attempt I just want to do it with a mate and just have a nice long weekend so mm-hmm. that's been knocked back but the double party is something that I've thought about for a long time and I definitely I know I need to get one out of the way and I know I'll, <laughs> I know how difficult one is all I, I'm just saying that if I can if I can get my training right I really think I can uh, go go after Nicky's time I suppose and that I know just an experience in the mountains that would be absolutely fantastic for me so definitely something that I'd like to do soon. That would be really cool and do you do yeah, any cycling as well like does um, does the Grand <coughs> Round interest you? Um, uh, oh no the, the Grand Round no no that's not that's that's too logistically yeah not, not, not for me. John cycling's Kelly is not, safe. <laughs> yeah cycling not really for me um, I know a lot of people use it and I I follow a lot of people who are like the high end of the, the speed work, the 5K to 10Ks, and they use it for recovery, and that, that's cool. But for me, no, uh, cycling's not part of my training or part of any recovery, no. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. So ja- uh, John Kelly can uh, breathe easy then. <laughs> they can all breathe easy. Like I said, I've got a long, <laughs> I've got a long way to go, and I'm, I just want to keep doing it for the right reasons. And You know, like we spoke about, being unsponsored and unsupported it is difficult and my hands are tied a bit because there's definitely you know if I sat down with certain companies or certain people whatever and I told them what, what, where I want to be in five years with the sport I really think I could work well with some brands because there's some stupid crazy stuff I'd love to do that I think I can do really well at but like I said my hands are a little bit tired at the minute but I definitely want to keep progressing and keep enjoying it's all about just being out on the hills and on the trails you know yourself it's just whether you're moving fast or slow just just get out there and enjoy it and one thing I'd like to say quickly for anyone who's like young maybe a 26 year old watching this who's thinking of moving from a marathon to a 50k or whatever you, I look at all these people you know a bit older 40 year olds who, who are doing it now and they all they say is I wish I'd done it 15 years ago yeah. so be, be, be brave and take the step tweak your training a bit be sensible and just just enjoy the trails for as long as you can what i'd say that's really good advice i love that um and and arlene wants to know i know you've covered this a little bit but she says have have you been offered any sponsorships um Um, yeah at the the start when i when i when i started speaking like i really want to move through the distances and really want to do this and do that a lot of people were just you know they're not not really interested and there's a couple of offers but not not brands really not really things that suit me I didn't want to be tied to something that I didn't necessarily believe in or agree with so I'm glad I'm I'm glad I didn't do that now (coughs) but like I said I I, I want to progress I want to I want to do races in the States that I really think I can do well I'd love to have a go at the Trans Gran Canaria 360 that's a 160 mile race Uh, and that's the sort of distance which I really think I can do well what about but, the arc of attrition guy says yeah, we should do that one yeah, I think that's 135 miles isn't it yeah, a little bit less that's on this January it's something I've looked at definitely yeah. um, anything around that like the Ring of Kerry and Ireland things like that the list is endless and if, if I could work with a brand that could give me an opportunity to race something like that or something in America that would be absolutely fantastic for me but we'll, we'll see we'll see I'll just keep doing my thing and keep doing it for the right reason see what happens yeah see what happens uh, it sounds like you've got a fantastic running career ahead of you and and who knows how long you might be having to carry those iron girders for you might become a professional athlete who knows <laughs> um i just want to read a, a nice shout out from your mum um yeah. who says uh, she, <laughs> she wants to say a massive shout out to jack's fiance um uh 
and that's Jessica. I is your sister called Jessica as yeah. well? Ah, oh, that's confusing. Yeah. I was just like, oh, that. Oh, I'm sure his sister is Jessica. Have I not read a comma in there? But no, Jack's fiance Jessica, who puts up with his crazy lifestyle, and apparently, whenever you've gone holiday, your hokers always seem to have fallen into the suitcase. <laughs> I think that's standard behaviour. Like you can't yeah. go anywhere without your running shoes, huh? <laughs> I'm uh, with you. It's definitely a, a thing that just the strain and fi- not financially necessarily so I'm not going to do anything to jeopardise that but the strain on you on your family when you're trying to make a move and you're trying to cover these distances for instance I was at my best friend's birthday uh, two I don't know how long ago it was but it was whilst I was training for the Southern Up and Way I was drinking bloody Fanta everyone else was drinking and then uh, we left early at four in the afternoon I then drove to Scotland which took me six hours stayed in my van I then did a marathon the next day and I, in the morning at God knows what time and then I was back for midday because me and Jess have got plans so it can be done it can be fitted in but there's definitely a huge strain on the family and I appreciate all everyone's support because without that I wouldn't you know wouldn't have a chance but yeah. when I first started I said I want to do 100 and everyone was saying no you can't do 100 and then you realise you can do it and then they sort of realise now that they just sort of take a little bit of a step back but they, every now and then they have to remind me of uh, I'm not Superman but uh, <laughs> just, just to take my time yeah my time. it sounds like you've got a really good support and that's definitely what you need to succeed in life as well it's as a, having that drive which you obviously have it's because uh, I'm young like it's it is like the, all the family are involved in it you know my mom, my dad um uh, no, that's really important to me because I'm building memories of them as well. So, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's really nice. That's really cool. Uh, well, it's been really good to chat to you tonight, Jack. I just <coughs> want to say a massive thank you for coming on and for telling us all about your FKTs and you know the 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 struggles and and the highs and the lows of um, of being a, um, a an unsponsored athlete, but just an athlete in general, really. Um, yeah, yeah. It's been really, really interesting um, catching up with you, and and it's been really nice to be able to introduce you to the Wild Ginger Running audience as well. Um, so I'm wishing you all the best for 2021. Um, hope that the races, um, fingers crossed, races will start to go ahead as normal. Um, but yeah, just uh, just before we go, let, just let everyone just remind everyone how they can follow you um, and keep yeah. track of your progress. Yeah, uh, Instagram, I'm on Instagram, at trail.jack or at trail.jack, you type that and it should, it should work. Uh, I put some nice stuff on just about positive thinking and just like being in the moment and real, like, realising, you know, things aren't that bad, just just keep running or keep moving and spend as much time as you can outdoors, I suppose. So that's cool. Uh, Facebook, Strava, Jack Scott, uh, and that's that really. Nothing, I'm, not, I'm not really anywhere else for now. Awesome. Oh, well, I look forward to you sharing a blog post about the Southern Upland Way because I really, really want to read more about that. And I'm sure everybody else does as well. Um, like, for example, Abby Norman says, such a lovely guy. High five. Great interview. Um, and, oh, Gl- <laughs> and Glenn Davis says, great interview, guys. Um, and like one of those smileys with the sunglasses on and a big thumbs up there. So, um, so yeah, thanks to everybody for watching and tuning in. Um, it's been great spending this time with you, Jack, and hopefully we'll meet you in real life someday too. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll uh, pass will cross again, hopefully. Yeah, awesome. Okay, well, uh, thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you on the trails. Cool, thank you. See you later. Hi, it's Claire here. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. These live chats take place every Wednesday evening at 6.30pm UK time on Wild Ginger Running YouTube channel. And the link is in the show notes. I just wanted to let you know that you can find this and loads more advice and inspiration and gear tests all about trail and ultra running on my YouTube channel, Wild Ginger Running. There are training tips, advice from elite athletes, top coaches, nutritious recipes, key exercises, injury prevention information, and tons of trail kit reviewed from running packs to poles, waterproofs to head torches, GPS watches, and shoes, 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 and did I mention shoes? I've been going for a few years now, so there's a huge archive of content to help you out with your trail and ultra running. 
To quickly and easily find the information you need, simply type your query into the Google search box and then write wild ginger running after it. Then Google will show you whatever blog posts or films I have on that topic. Give it a try. And if you appreciate listening and all the information I share on YouTube, you're also very welcome to support me on Patreon, which gets you some additional excellent perks and the chance to win some awesome prizes. For as little as the price of a cup of coffee every month, patrons get discounts, extra films, access to the exclusive Facebook and Strava groups, the chance to ask questions to every live chat guest, plus automatic entry into my monthly competition to win £400 worth of trail and ultra running gear. There are only about 150 patrons, so the odds on a win are way better than the lottery. Interested? Find me at patreon.com slash wildgingerrunning. Thanks for listening, guys. Have fun, enjoy your run, and I'll see you on the trails.